How are you doing this evening? Good. Uh, I'm Ben. I'm the lead pastor here. Want to uh, welcome those watching Issaquah Duval and online as we are wrapping up our series. Uh, he said, she said. This has been a sort of crazy week. All sorts of uh, crises going on in the world. Uh, many of them really disturbing. Uh, one that affected me pretty personally uh, was Chipotle was shut down. I mean, uh, because of the E. coli thing, and uh, actually, one of my niece actually got E. coli there, and and you would think that would be enough of a deterrent, but I have to tell you the truth: I drove by three times to just see if it was open. I'm like, you know, it may be worth the risk, actually. You know, <laughs> uh, so there there was a guy who was complaining, uh, working at another restaurant. I won't name it, Panera. Anyway, uh, the <laughs> and he said, "Oh, I'm having a bad week." It's like, well, you could be working at Chipotle. Well, as we're uh, really in this series, uh, what I want to do is help us uh, get a grasp on uh, some of the dynamics of the seasons that we go through and how that affects. Uh, communication. Now, most of this series uh, has been uh, broadly applied. It could be applied to workplace and family, people have told me, uh, dating and marriage. This one probably more on the family relationships uh, than some of the others. And we've been looking at a verse each week that can uh, really, it's not about marriage or family, it's about unity. And as we're talking about communication, we forget sometimes the purpose uh, of it all. Uh, John 17, 20, verse 20 through 21, Jesus said this to his disciples, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. He's praying for you and I, generations later, who would uh, come to trust God uh, through Jesus and what he accomplished for us. Now, that unity does not come naturally, and that's why we read in Ephesians 4, 3, it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Uh, and we know that that can take incredible effort. I don't know if you uh, heard the story of Simon and Shauna Taub. Uh, they had a, a place in Manhattan, uh, not a really, I mean, uh, it was worth millions and millions of dollars. Uh, they got divorced, and it was a really bitter divorce, and the judge decided to literally cut the home in half. Uh, Simon got uh, uh, he, he got uh, the first floor and half of the second floor, and uh, his wife got the second floor, uh, half of the second floor, and the third floor, and uh, it was just this horrible, contentious situation. They literally put a wall between them in the house. Uh, she, she put a security system on her side of the house, and a verse from the book of Genesis that says, Lord, bind up the wicked people who are trying to harm me. Uh, and, you know, it can get pretty bad sometimes in a relationship. Now, this is an extreme example, uh, but I could give other examples. In fact, maybe you heard a number of years ago, uh, Tim Shaw, who's a British uh, radio and TV host, one time he was interviewing a supermodel, and during the interview, uh, he told the supermodel, he said, I would leave my wife and kids for you. The only unfortunate thing for him is that his wife was watching that day, 
And uh, she took his prized possession, which was a rebuilt Lotus Esprit worth $40,000, and sold it literally for 85 cents on eBay. Surprisingly, they're no longer married. <laughs> and, and that gets to our next passage here, uh, Galatians uh, 6, 7. It says, a man reaps what he sows. Uh, Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And will you underline uh, if we do not give up? In this passage, uh, it, we often sort of focus on the negative, and there is a negative to it. It's like, hey, if I do bad things, you know, I'm going to maybe reap the consequences. But you can look at it in the positive as well, is that when I invest in the good, and in especially our spiritual life, but this would definitely apply to relationships as well, that, that we can see uh, the benefit no matter what season we're going through. Uh, and and I, I think it's so important. I've done many weddings over the last 20-some years, being a pastor, performed a lot of ceremonies, talked to a lot of people on the other end uh, after uh, a broken relationship, which is incredibly painful. And uh, people are so focused on the wedding, you spend like 30 minutes uh, making promises, but then the rest of your life trying to, to live those out. I, I was uh, thinking about some of the changes in the relationship between my wife and I. We've uh, had uh, two kids. We've gone through uh, health scares, earned degrees, made some money, lost some money. So many things that happened. Had parents pass away, moved a number of times. And uh, in that, those seasons have sometimes felt incredible and euphoric, and sometimes have felt uh, almost too much to bear. And as, as we talk about communication and uh, uh, relationships, a, a key question is how do we connect and communicate during this season, whatever season you're in, of a relationship? And it's gonna be different. Now, uh, for, for this message, for the rest of this message, I thought to just talk about how we navigate it, uh, that uh, to do it alone probably would not be great. Uh, so my wife, Terry, uh, a couple times a year, she comes up to just correct what I've been telling you. And <laughs> so she's going to come up, and because we need different perspective. You know how it is, men and women uh, mean different things. Like when a woman says she has nothing to wear, it means nothing new to wear. When a man says he has nothing to wear, it means nothing clean to wear. Uh, when a man says what, he means I didn't hear you. When a woman says what, it means you have one more chance to restate this thing. <laughs> so. It sounds like Ben's been listening to me a little bit, doesn't it? I think he's finally getting it. That's good. Um, ben and I have been married for 20 years, and through that, gosh, we've had... It's been 22, but, you well, know, a I couple mean, of them weren't good, you know. No, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> But they're just a lot of seasons you go through, and they kind of come and go, and um, sometimes they come around again. And I think um, maybe tonight that's one thing 
as you think about your relationship um, and that has helped as I've talked with a lot of ladies in this church is that the seasons do sometimes come around again and that surprises us and it, uh, it, it catches us off guard. And I think just knowing and expecting that, but even better so, being prepared for that um, is really important. So we're going to talk about the seasons of almost any relationship. Um, and the first one is winter. We're going to start out with the hardest one and uh, work our way way better. So difficulty and detachment, winter. Uh, it's so important to realize that every marriage and every significant relationship has kind of these seasons of winter. In fact, my sister and I just came through a, a pretty wintry season, and uh, it was really an amazing thing where how God worked through that. But it can happen to any of us in any season, and uh, you just have to recognize it and honestly acknowledge it to each other. I think we sometimes try to hide from that, but if we hit it face on, then we can start working on it. And um, I'm not sure if any of you are like Discovery Channel people, any of you out there? I, I love all that science geeky stuff, and there's a great show on there that's called Out of the Wild. Anybody watch that one? And basically, if you aren't familiar with it, what they do is they take kind of this small group of people and they, they literally will um, drop them out into kind of this vast, desolate wilderness with pretty much the clothes on their back and a few really important necessities, but no shelter, no food, no water. They have to kind of figure that all out themselves. But they also have this one very important thing. It's a GPS be beacon so that if they finally have had it, they um, can press the button and get rescued. But their goal is, is they have to find their way back to civilization and work together, right, to do this. Um, so what happens is, okay, they go through all this stuff where they have to find food and, you know, all this teamwork or not teamwork sometimes. And um, they, th what usually gets them, the people that kind of give up, is they can't see an end. It's like this openness of the pain that they can't see an end to. So it, when, they, when they know maybe they have three days or seven days and they'll, they'll be at civilization, they can hang in there but it's when it's open and they don't know if it's three days or three months till they're gonna get rescued. That's when the temptation to hit that eject button comes in. And, and I think when we, we started with winter because uh, that, that is, this is a season uh, where most relationships end or sometimes are irreparably damaged. And uh, I think one of the authenticating facts of scripture is that scripture does not hide from this even in the life of someone who has decided to follow Jesus. It's not like that all our problems go away, how we navigate them, and the joy we can have in the midst of them is different. In fact, uh, we read in James uh, 1, 2 through 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, God has the power to bring us out of pain, uh, but God also has the power to walk with us uh, in the middle of it. And, and I, I know just from talking to people, and it, and it may not be a marriage, I mean, I think it's uh, applied specifically there, or, or a dating relationship, uh, but uh, people who've been tempted to press the eject button just because the pain uh, seems unbearable. Uh, and, and this is why I think it's so important in the midst of these winter seasons to get outside perspective and to draw close to God. And, and the temptation, I've seen this again, when you need God's wisdom and power 
that's when most people actually go the other way. Uh, and that's why uh, Jesus, as he's talking to people who are worried about uh, money, they're worried about uh, trials and all of that, it says in Matthew 6.33, this is in the Bible, it's not in your outline, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you as well. So now sometimes when we're in a bit of a winter season, I know it's pretty easy to think that we need to fix the other person. Uh, I know I've been guilty of that a few times. I'm still working on him a lot. Uh, but really, it's not that at all. And uh, I have a little quiz for you, though, before we get too much further than that. So there was a 15-year study on relationships that revealed the best predictor of happiness in a marriage. Uh, which one do you think it is? Is it A, communication skills? B, income, C, family background, or D, the level of happiness before marriage? It's D. The answer is D, which means really your own lack of happiness in marriage isn't 100% your, your spouse's fault. It's a lot of what you bring into it and your own unhappiness. But here's another uh, pretty interesting statistic. is 86% of couples who rate their relationship as unhappy, if they stay in the relationship, five years later they'll say they're happy. Isn't that interesting? We um, had some really great friends many years ago who um, really shared that with us. They, um, kind of an interesting story. So they struggled for many years with infertility. They finally got pregnant and they had quadruplets. The quads were eight months old and she was pregnant again. So talk about a stressful, crazy situation. And she hated him. <laughs> yeah, and, she kind of uh, did. Yeah. She kind of did. Uh, the, uh, but we came on the scene way later, and through a pretty wintry season of ours, we're talking with them, and their names are Mitch and Mary, and, and they said, you know what, you guys hang in there. They said, that was such a terrible season for us, and seven years later, we're happier than we've ever been. And so I think that's really true, and we found that during our, our hard seasons as well. And then, and then so uh, the good part is uh, spring. And that's excitement and anticipation. This is a fun part where uh, it's wide open with opportunity. It's sort of like you're seeing the eyes, uh, seeing the world through the eyes of a kid. I was at the Duval Grill, uh, for all my Duval peeps watching. Uh, and as I was there uh, having breakfast, there was a little kid that was like kept on crawling over the top and peering at me, uh, which was a little creepy because I've seen like the omen and children of the corn and all of that <laughs> kind of stuff, uh, you know, Pet Cemetery, all those good kids movies. And, uh, and it was sort of funny though, she, uh, she was really cute. And I, I, w I was thinking about that, uh, that curiosity and uh, what that's going to look like through her life. Either that will be encouraged uh, or shut down. And uh, what, what her parents do and what happens in her life will determine a lot of uh, her future. And that is so important uh, during uh, this uh, season of spring. That's true. So I just want you to know if you're married that... Uh, even if you're in a hard season, you can re-enter that, that season of springtime uh, where it's very hopeful. Um, part of that is communicating particularly around kind of the goal of rediscovering your spouse, um, spending real time together, um, throw away assumptions, or if you have to keep those assumptions, one of the things that we've agreed on is to assume the best instead of the worst in situations. And, and by the way, literally, if you're having... It, if you agree to assume the, assume the best out of each other and you're married, that alone can make significant, lasting, permanent mm -hmm. 
uh, difference in your relationship. Because if you, you're going to find what you look for, you know. Uh, that's why they, you know, buzzards, they say, always find dead things. Because uh, that's what they're looking for. Uh, and it's sort of funny in this time of spring that, uh, that there's actually allowances made for that. In the book of Deuteronomy, which you sort of think is a book of, you know, sort of like the, the Killjoy book of the Bible, the book of rules. Uh, this is one of the rules uh, that God uh, laid out for his people early on. He says, if a, a man is recently married, he must not be sent to war or have any other duty laid on him. For one year he is to be free to stay home and bring happiness to the wife he has married. Now, I think that's a good one. I don't know if, you know, like Microsoft or Amazon going to go for that thing, uh, but, but that sounds pretty awesome to me. Uh, and, and then as you, as you look at this, you move on in the relationship. Uh, there's really that, that pinnacle that we would talk about in many ways, and that's attachment and enjoyment, which would be summer. So if your marriage is in the summer season, you definitely know it. The birds are tweeting, the grass is growing, the flowers are, are surfacing. It's a great season. Uh, both of you are feeling really a sense of um, closeness and commitment and satisfaction. You feel secure in each other's love. Uh, most people don't enter the summer season accidentally. It usually takes a lot of work. It's very intentional for us to get there, um, but you're really starting to feel the benefits of the intentionality that you had through those other, other seasons. It's important to know that um, summer isn't about circumstances. It isn't that your finances are going well or your kids are going well or, you know, whatever that thing is. It's really about the relationship. Yeah, and, and it's sort of interesting in the book of Proverbs, uh, Solomon who, uh, uh, who was married a lot of times, uh, he wrote a lot of things. You can tell this verse was the summer uh, the summer bird. He wrote another one like, you know, he who lives in, in, in a house with a contentious woman is like a dripping faucet. I think that was his winter. And, I knew he was uh, going to work that verse in somehow. But, the, uh, but, but, but he, he, he writes this in one of his better spaces. He says, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. And while summer is awesome, uh, we don't live our lives there permanently. And by the way, that doesn't mean that you necessarily did something wrong. Uh, life will happen. Has life happened to any of you? Yeah. Uh, life will happen. The economy will change. Uh, you will have health problems. Uh, your kids will become teenagers. I mean, you know, no, they, uh, uh, all these are, are two-year-olds or whatever. Uh, uh, actually, we, we, two-year-olds was harder for us than teenagers. So they, Absolutely. Uh, so the teenagers has been actually sort of fun. Yeah. But, uh, but it can, life can happen to us, and you hit the season of uncertainty and change, uh, which is fall. And so uh, for many of us, that's our, our favorite season uh, we get to see the leaves change color, uh, but it's a time of transition. And you think about it, think about it with trees, that it's very beautiful, and they look good on the outside, uh, but inside, uh, actually, they're going into a different season. And during our fall season, we can feel uh, depleted or tired emotionally. It's not that you, you are angry, but maybe that you've become uh, disconnected, started to pursue uh, separate interests. It's you're not as intentional uh, about uh, date nights, about uh, sexual intimacy, about being together, and you sort of hit the season of transition. And what you do there 
is important because uh, it can, you can go right back into spring or you can head into winter during that time as well. And it's really at this point where Jesus becomes especially important in your relationship. You know, it's, it's the point where we decide, are we going to live under his lordship? Are we going to allow him to call the shots in our relationship? Are we going to follow his instruction and his directives? Are we going to live out those one another's that he calls us to in scripture, to love one another and serve one another and care for one another? Uh, it's really our choice, and it determines whether we're going to go forward or fall back into winter. Yeah. It, it, it says uh, it, this, I think this is such a great verse uh, that really talks about our, our, our mindset. It says, finally, all of you, be like-minded and sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Now, uh, this is talking about, in this particular passage, about people who aren't necessarily close uh, to the believers that Peter is writing. But how much more so in a family relationship, in a friendship, uh, in a dating relationship, in a marriage? Uh, and one of the things we're committed to as a church, uh, and I said this would be a little more focused on marriage than the other messages, it is to helping those of you uh, who are married. And, and you might be here and say, ah, gosh, you know, uh, uh, my marriage is over. And, and we want to be supportive there as well. Uh, and we, we have ministry for people who've gone through the pain of divorce. Uh, but we're starting a, a new ministry called Reengage. And I really want to encourage you uh, to consider signing up. We're going to do, on November 18th, we're doing a, a sort of an info night on your connection card. There's something right there in, in the back. You can sign that. And re-engage is different than most marriage ministries because most marriage ministries are either for, uh, hey, we're having great problems, or, oh, we're just wonderful little Christian people, and we don't even know what a fight is. We've never had one. And uh, this really recognizes that we're going to go through different seasons, and we need to re-engage no matter what that season is. And here's one thing we know, though, is that communication is key no matter what the season. And so uh, we've come up with four questions that I really think uh, can be very powerful, and I really encourage you to even use these four questions uh, if you're uh, dating, if you're married, uh, and you can even use this in a family, uh, really, with your kids uh, as you talk through this. Because a lot of times we have a hard time having relational conversations, especially when we want to include God uh, in this. And, and the first question is this, is why did God bring us together? You know, for Ben and I, this has been really big, and it's been really pivotal in our relationship. Uh, we were both very committed to Jesus and doing ministry before we met, kind of a Silly, stereotypical kind of funny thing is we were set up with a, by a church secretary on a blind date. That's how we got together. But it was both because we were in ministry. And she, she thought, gosh, these guys... The, this beta version of eHarmony. That's right. Yeah, that's where that's that was. Right. That's yeah. right. She's still our friend today. But um, uh, why God brought us together <laughs> is, is really important. Is yeah, I, I thought okay, about yeah. it. I thought about it. Did you catch that? Yeah. No, so, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, so, so it's really important because uh, for us, I know that we do better 
when we're not just focused on us. Mm-hmm. And so when, when we say, and if, you're, if you are a Christ follower, I know some of you are just checking out faith. In Timberlake, we are very much committed for that to be a place. Uh, but if you're in a relationship and both of you are Christ followers, uh, this is the ultimate question. And this is the one uh, that will help you the most. Some of you say we just need to focus on our marriage. No, you don't. Because if you focus on that, you're going to just find what you want, what you need, instead of asking, is there something bigger in this? Does God have something for us? And I know for us, uh, during those times when she's misbehaved over the years, <laughs> that's helped us. Uh, <laughs> to, uh, that's helped us to navigate things as well. Uh, another uh, question is, how are we doing? Uh, every uh, every human has quirks, uh, things, irritations, and bad habits. Uh, when you come into a relationship, you say, "I've decided to be in relationship with your quirks, your irritable things, and your bad habits." And so, uh, when we ask the question, it's not just to fix uh, the other person. And it's really, honestly, um, important to be pretty optimistic when you come to this question. Uh, it's, it's a reality that um, he has things that drive me crazy and I have things that drive him crazy. But honestly, in the big scheme, it's, it's 20% of the whole. And so we can spend all our time focusing on that terrible 20% or we can focus on that 80% of the things that we really do appreciate and love about each other. And it seems kind of sort of crazy that, is, that that's even a question. Why not focus on the 80%? Yeah, and ask a question like, where is your marriage better than both? Is the person uh, an encourager? Uh, are they great at providing or around the house? And those are things when you can find those things and focus on those. It doesn't mean the irritations go away. It doesn't mean you don't address them. It just brings a perspective. Just like the people in that show uh, from the Discovery Channel that you talked about, uh, they lost perspective, and that's why uh, people, in a sense, lose hope. So you're definitely going to need to work through tough stuff. That's just part of doing life together. Um, but we really encourage you to, I mean, use, use the resources that God puts around you. For us, we've, we've found some really great Christian counselors. We have some awesome people that we can refer out to. Sometimes you just need a referee, you know? It's just part of the deal. In, in um, our first couple of years, we did um, uh, devotionals together. And mm-hmm. so that was great. We uh, did uh, those, <laughs> and we do them right before... Uh, we went to bed. Uh, we don't do that anymore, though, because he watches The Walking Dead and falls asleep in his recliner now. So <laughs> <laughs> we have to find other times to do that. I don't know. It's a spiritual experience watching The Walking Dead for me. Uh, the, uh, so, uh, but but you, you ask the question uh, how you're doing. Evaluation is important. Dealing with issues is important. But the purpose, why are you asking the question? Is it a gotcha question? Or is it leading to this third question, how will we succeed? Uh, I think that we often get so consumed with our problems, they override what really is the primary objective in the relationship. I was sharing this with Terry. Uh, I went to uh, Gold's Gym. I I carry a gym bag in my car just in case I ever want to work out during the day. So it's been there for many months. And so uh, (laughs) as I was there, I went to a different gym than I normally go to. I usually go to the Golds and Nisqua. I went to Redmond and I was meeting someone there. I was all, had all my workout stuff on. The only thing that I had forgot was a pair of shoes. 
And so I had black dress shoes. I thought, no, there's no way I'm going to do that. Uh, so I went out there, said, told my friend, hey, uh, not going to work out today. Uh, someone from church or actually just happened to be 18 people from church in the locking room, which was a little embarrassing. <laughs> and uh, one of the pers- people said, uh, so you, hey, you don't have a pair of shoes. I can lend you an extra, I have an extra pair of shoes, which I thought, you know, okay, that's a little weird. I usually don't wear other people's shoes. <laughs> and, uh, but I thought I really, so why am I here? I want to work out. By the way, th- this person's very tall. Uh, the shoes were like super long. I looked like if I had a red nose, I could have been a clown. Uh, and I-, I thought, well, why am I here to look cool? That ship sailed a long time ago. Uh, or to be healthy. And we've, we know too many people, and I think we've done this ourselves, where we'd rather look like we have it together than to have it together. And so the real question is, are you committed to being healthy or to looking healthy? Here's, here's the thing. If you're committed to looking healthy, you can't be healthy. You say, well, oh, Ben, why would that be the case? Because then you can't admit areas of weakness and frustration and failure. And see, if you never admit those, if you never work through those, I mean, we don't go up to people, you know, at Target and say, hey, by the way, we're having a fight today. <laughs> uh, actually, they, they know it. <laughs> but, uh, they, but, but there's people in our lives who we've allowed. And, uh, you know, I, I, we even have this too. People say, well, is it isolating being pastor, you know, uh, of a church that's, you know, starting to grow and good things happening? I said, no, because I, I, just, I just wouldn't live my life that way. Uh, because it's more important for me to be an authentic follower of Christ mm-hmm. and to be uh, the best husband I can be than to even be pastor here, which I totally love. Uh, but that's first in my life. Um, if you're a follower of Jesus, uh, your responsibility is to uh, see the other person as a gift, really. So each week, we're given 168 hours, and... How much time are we spending, how many hours are we spending being a value add to our our spouse or being a positive part of their life? Um, I think it's really important to be intentional about that. I know one of the things even just as Ben and I have just lived life and done life together is figuring out kind of what he needs, what I need. Ben, Ben loves to have some big project going. It doesn't matter whether it's at work or home or he needs something new and crazy and something he has to be on the edge about. It's just how he lives. I do not. I do not need that at all. I need some quiet thinking time. I need uh, to feel like what I do, it doesn't have to be big and splashy, but it has to feel significant to me. So that's part of what we've learned about each other and helped each other have those things in our lives and in our relationship and made place for that. Um, I'm not sure if we've ever even verbalized it along the way, but we do make sure that each other gets what we need, each other needs. And that, that's, that's so important, especially if you're going through a, a winter season as well. Uh, and we all go, go through those seasons. By the way, it doesn't need to last forever. Uh, and, uh, and, and really, if you ask this question, I think it's one of the ways out, is what's the most important thing right now? I, I've quoted many times Patrick Lencioni, uh, his organization, their consulting group, the Table Group, uh, they do management consulting for 78 of the top 
uh, Fortune 100 companies. Uh, and in that, he talks about having a thematic goal. And for us, that, that's important. We'll have like a short-term goal that we're working on together. He describes it this way, a single qualitative focus or rallying cry uh, that's shared for a specific period of time. That's important for our individuals and for a family. And so we'll have goals in our relationship. Hey, we need to spend more uh, time together. One of the things we're working on now is uh, our youngest daughter is a junior in high school. And so we were focused on the kids for so many years. We're like, hey, uh, we need to find more things like we used to do uh, before we had those little blessings from God. <laughs> and, so the, uh, uh, and so that's really one of our thematic goals in our relationship. But if you're having a difficulty, maybe, maybe you need to just make a commitment. Maybe you need to make the commitment, I'm going to sign up to at least get information on reengage. Because that, 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 okay, that, that's, that's really important. Or I want a better marriage. Or uh, I'm going to use these questions. And we're going to actually sit down and talk with one another this week. Uh, or to seek Jesus first in your lives individually and in your marriage. Because that really, that's the true north uh, that guides, I know, us in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we read in Galatians, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Galatians 5.13. Will you pray with me?